This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday evening before Thanksgiving. Sit down, grab your plate, grab your beverage, because do we have a humdinger of a show for tonight? One big old great featured interview coming up. But first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. North Wilkesboro Speedway has been included in the North Carolina state budget recently approved by Governor Roy Cooper. The historic facility is set to receive $18 million for infrastructure and other improvements. Also on the list, Rockingham Speedway will receive $9 million and Charlotte Motor Speedway set to take in $13 million. In the NASCAR scene, they announced this week that practice and qualifying will return in 2022 in all three national series. Practice will be split into 15-minute groups and then single-car qualifying within those groups at oval tracks. Super speedways will be single-car and road courses will feature sessions. There will be a 10-car final round of qualifying at all configurations. Dirt formats will be the practice and heat race formats as well. Ty Majeski battled back after taking a provisional in the South Carolina 400 at Florence Motor Speedway to pick up the win. Majeski took advantage of a late race pileup that wiped out a dozen cars and Then he held off Carson Quapple with five laps to go to get the win. And finally, Lewis Hamilton dominated the Qatar Grand Prix on Sunday afternoon, starting from the pole and picking up the win some 25 seconds ahead of Max Verstappen, who started seventh. Verstappen holds just an eight-point lead over Hamilton for the championship with just two rounds remaining. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Nice to see you again this week, Zach. Yeah, glad to be back on the show. And uh, we've got a busy show tonight, a really great interview coming up with uh, Steve Smith. I'm really looking forward to this one. But first things first, while we're thinking about sprint car land, I want to let everybody know that Mark Stripko, who uh, is very involved in sprint car racing, has been for a long time. Uh, He builds engines for quite a few of the Great Lakes traditional sprint series guys. He is currently in the hospital after an injury sustained uh, via a chainsaw over the weekend. Now, he has some pretty serious injuries to the face, uh, but luckily damage was not worse than it could have been. There are some uncovered expenses. He has a little bit of insurance, but of course, we know all how that works. So bills are piling up. There is a GoFundMe going on right now uh, that you can find online and on Facebook. But uh, the most important part is that we're glad that Mark is not more seriously injured and uh, we're praying for a speedy recovery for him. So good luck, Mark. We're, we're pulling for you. Well, Zach, uh, you got one and I got one too. So, um, you know, one of the winningest pavement drivers around and the all-time winningest driver in Arca Series, Super Series history, uh, Hurricane Scott Hans. Well, um, I think we've all had friends that were fighting COVID. Well, Scott's in a hospital in Fort Wayne on a ventilator and he needs all of our prayers right now. Scott's putting up the fight of his life and he's hanging in there. But, uh, but man, I mean, uh, you know, Scott helps everybody and, and Scott has been great behind the wheel. He's been getting back behind the wheel of an outlaw this past year. Yeah. And, um, and we just all want to pray, uh, you know, pray for Scott Hans and, and pray that he pulls through this because, um, you know, I, I think we all know this COVID thing. If it doesn't hit you right, it's not funny. Right. It's tough. And, uh, and Scott's learning the hard way, but uh, he needs all his, all the prayers from this whole racing community right now uh, because he literally is in the fight for his life right now. We got you, Hurricane. Let's go. Pull it through. Rich, uh, let's get into the show now with those things still on our mind. Uh, busy still. You got you to gotta search a little bit, but there's some racing action going around around the country. 
Well, and that's what I did, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you did. You pulled something together here. Yeah, I actually did, because you don't think this would have been me on any given night. The USAC National Midgets were in action out west this weekend at Placerville Speedway in California, just outside of Sacramento. For the three-night Hangtown 100, everything kicked off on Thursday with a youngster making history at just 15 years old, three months, and 12 days, Zach. Ryan Timms made history Thursday night by becoming the youngest feature winner in the history of the USAC NOS Energy Drink Midget National Championship Series. And uh, Zach, on, on Friday, of course, no surprise here, Young, it was young money time at Placerville as Kyle Larson would pick up the win on night two. But then it was on to the final night on Saturday with $20,000 up for grabs in the 100-lap feature event and 12000 for the weekend mini championship. And it was Justin Grant who tracked down USAC NOS Energy Drink Midget National Championship point leader Buddy Kofoid in front of a standing-room-only crowd, 14 laps from the finish, then drove away by Kofoid. Uh, on the final night of the Hangtown 100 to bag the big payday, Logan Seavey, Chris Windham, and Carson Macedo would complete the top five. The late charge and a third-place finish paid off in a big way for Seavey, Zach, as it was uh, his total accumulation of points throughout the weekend that truly paid off for him, picking up the $12,000 bonus as the overall Hangtown 100 points champion. Well, Rich, I know you're going to be excited about this story. Uh, a bright spot in the show for you tonight. Sunday night, last night, for the first time in almost a decade, laps were turned on the pavement of Plymouth Speedway in Plymouth, Indiana. In a live video posted to Facebook, Kevin Sauer, owner-promoter at the Northern Indiana Bull Ring, unloaded his personal Outlaw Super Late model for some uh, <clears throat> column test laps. Now, track conditions questionable at best. There was some light dust from where the dirt had set for years, and I'm not sure there was standing water on the backstretch, but it was moist. Sauer, though, can now say that laps were turned in 2021, which was a goal of his. He's been working to transform the racetrack back to a pavement facility since early this fall, and he does plan to run a limited schedule in 2022 featuring Outlaw Super Late Models and Rich. You can go back a few episodes and find where we talked to Kevin about his plans for Plymouth Speedway coming up in 2022. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts and on our website at horsepowerhappenings.com. Yeah, I, I saw the video of that. I was like, I, I was waiting for him to get, he started to get on it a little more, a little more down the front stretch. Yeah. And I said, not with all that dust that's that's getting thrown. <laughs> I think that thing's going to need a bath before any, any real race car gets on there and gets it up to speed. But it was nice. But, I will say it was nice to see, you know, you kind of get the idea of what that place is going to gonna look and feel and even sound like with just one car on it. Um, some people we were even commenting, Rich, um, I never got to take in racing there as a pavement fan. It looks like it'll be pretty sporty if things go to plan. Looks like it to me, too. I never saw it as pavement. I was only there a couple times with dirt, um, and I know it, it was pretty racy then. So we'll have to see. We'll find out next spring, right? Yeah, can't wait. All right, Zach, uh, Chris Madden faced the same decision every driver had to make Sunday at Cherokee Speedway in Gaffney, South Carolina. Either pit and give up valuable track position or stay out and hope your tires make it to the end. The Gray Court South Carolina driver ch chose to stay out, uh, and that choice paid off as he outlasted a hard-charging Brandon Overton with relatively fresh tires to win his seventh Blue-Gray 100 during the Dry Dean Extreme Dirt Car Series opening weekend. Madden, the defending series champion, had just enough left on his right rear tire to pull away from Big Sexy on the final restart, cementing his 28th career victory at, Zach, I love this, the place your mama warned you about. Is that a nickname for a track or what? Uh, Madden conserved uh, during the first half of the event, patiently waiting to make his move. He moved into second with 45 laps remaining and pressured Ross Bales uh, for the race lead until Bales slowed with a flat tire with 21 laps remaining. From there, it was a cat and mouse game with Overton, who was searching for his second consecutive Blue-Gray 100 win. Overton would settle for second after changing all four tires, during a caution with 45 laps to go, Dresden, Ohio's Devin Moran would complete the podium. All right, let's talk about practice. And uh, Rich, a driver I know you keep your eye on is back, and he's back in a big way after being fastest over the weekend. 
in practice. Jeff Chiquette earned some dough after being fastest overall in snowball derby practice at Five Flags Speedway in Pensacola. Ryan Luza was fastest in pro late model practice. And here's the big shock of the weekend. Augie Grill set the pace in the Modifieds of Mayhem practice as well. Snowball Derby coming up, Rich, next week. And uh, you've got your flight booked. you got your car rental reserved. you got hotel rooms. You're ready to go, my friend. Yeah, I sh- I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I take off uh, next Wednesday, and uh, I'll be there for five days uh, you, down there at Five Flags Speedway having some fun. And, Zach, just to remind you about this weekend, they say practice never pays money. This did this weekend. <laughs> yes. Jeff Choquette was not only fast qualifier, collected a $500 bonus for being uh, the fast time for the uh, Snowball Derby preview. Uh, and Ryan Luza picked up 300 along with uh, uh, Augie Grill picking up a few hundred bucks. So they, they kind of baited the guys to come down there and see what kind of laps they could turn. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there, so anybody ever tells you there's no money in practice. There was this weekend. I got to ask you, too. Uh, you introduced me to Jeff Chiquette uh, a couple of years ago, and then he kind of fell off the map. Uh, now he's back, back with Jet Motorsports. Uh, tell, tell me what you're feeling. Yeah, he got out of that. Yeah, he got out of that Jet Motorsports ride for probably various reasons. Um, maybe he had some other things going on. Maybe Jet Motorsports wanted to go a little bit of a different direction. And, and, and Jeff was always fast in that car. I mean, I mean, he's. He's he's won a lot of races um, at New Smyrna, and every time he and and he's that car that number nine machine that he used to drive in uh, was always fast at the Snowball Derby. Every time he went to Pensacola uh, this year, the twenty one machine, I think it's probably uh, the same type of car with a little different number on the side of it. But yeah, that's great to see Jeff Choquette work it out with Jet Motorsports, and obviously back with them for the Snowball Derby. Also, do want to mention because we wouldn't be be doing our jobs if we didn't. Andrew Scheid, the young man from Michigan, uh, went down for practice as well. And uh, let me just confirm here: his best lap time on the weekend was a seventeen. 009. So he's got a little work to do to get back up there with uh, the likes of Ryan Luza. He's a couple of tenths of a second off the pace, but the car looked good. And uh, if the driver's comfortable, I think he'll find a way into the show. That's, yeah, of, course, on the pro, that's of course, on the pro late model side. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, for the snowflake. Yeah, I, w- I was watching Andrew's laps, and it just looked to me uh, they were hitting the chip a little early, right? Yeah. Right at the start finish line, that chip was going off. And I was like, I, and none of the other cars were doing that. Luza was only at a 1659. So he's only about four tenths off the fast time, right? Um, of what Luza ran, but I think they can. I think they can dial in that seventy-seven machine just a little bit better and getting closer. And the other thing to consider is this is the first time Andrew has seen Five Flag Speedway. They probably Absolutely. they probably didn't slim that car down and put a qualifying setup on it like they did Ryan Luza's car. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Luza, no stranger, no stranger to to Pensacola and Five Flag Speedway. But uh, that was probably a smart idea, you know, for them. Not really worried about the $300 bonus for being fast time. Let's get the young man comfortable uh, because what comes re- re- what really comes down to it, Zach, is next week is when the money counts. Well, let's move in now to our featured interview for the night tonight. And we went ahead and just kept with the one featured guest because there's a lot to unpack in tonight's guest. So let's welcome in uh, the guy who you could call him a driver, but I, I know him better as the owner of Smith Motorsports and that 71H machine. Uh, Steve Smith, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Now, I'm going to go ahead and come right out and say it. There's the elephant in the room, and we are going to talk about what's going on with that 71H. But first, uh, you know, Steve, I want to talk about you, and I want to talk about Smith Motorsports. Let, let's go back. Take me back. What is the history? How does Smith Motorsports become uh, an organization? Well, you know, back when I was young, we, we me and my dad, we decided to get together and and move into circle track racing and uh, I used to race dirt bikes and whatnot. And, and, uh, so we went and bought us our first modified and, and, uh, we ran a few years at that and I kept wanting to get into something bigger, like a super late model. And, you know, we discussed on, you know, showing more results and, and whatnot as a driver, me being so me being younger. And, um, so we went ahead and, tried to win us a championship and we did that and that was back in 1997 so that's been a while ago <laughs> is 97 when the team started or that's when you won your first championship uh that was when i won my first championship the team started in 90 
94. Okay. 94, yeah. Well, you're putting me on the spot here. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, around 94 we, we started, and and uh, so we won a championship in the Modified and ran a little bit on and off with the Modified and put together a super late model, and and I actually had the opportunity to drive for a couple late model owners, and, and uh, we had some success, won won some races and, and, uh, I did that for quite a while. And I, I actually took a few years off cause my dad got real sick and, and, um, got back into it and decided I want to get into, get into the sprint car world. And we, uh, purchased a, a non-wing sprint car and, um, actually bought it off Bobby Santos. And yeah, there um, you go. we, uh, moved forward on that and, and uh, had some real good success running the non-wing stuff, and won a lot of races, and and uh, well, we won we won a lot, we we won a few races, won won quite a few races, and uh, and moved into the we got we got out of the the running strictly non-wing, and um, kind of put the wing on it, and dabbled in that a little bit, and uh, I did that for the non-wing and the uh, wing together i did that for about five years and now we're into the what late 2000s early 10s right yep exactly and, and now, um, what, what led you guys to pavement uh I, and i love getting this answer from from drivers because we have both on the show regularly we actually try to mix mm-hmm. it up um where was the line drawn for you at the beginning of your career and we're going to talk about the the later stuff with smith motorsports but at the beginning of your career you're, you you and your dad buy a modified why is it asphalt racing well that was kind of my dad run go-karts and and i was affiliated with some other teams that run uh pavement and that's kind of what you know we knew and i tagged along with some other teams when i was younger and um kind of helped out a little bit you know running pavement and um so i just it's just something that kind of stuck and as the years went on and you know we got to to the later part of i think it was 2013 um, it was, you know, I don't want to make anybody mad that runs pavement, but the, the pavement sprint car world was, you know, struggling a little bit in my eyes. And, you know, I wanted to run against heavier competition and I, 2014 is when I, you know, I still drove, but I didn't drive much. And, uh, I ended up putting a driver in my car and, and, uh, we started getting into a, a lot of, you know, heavier competition with the wing pavement car and did that for a couple of years. And me and Jojo Helberg actually did really well together, won a lot of races. Uh, the kid was a machine in a, in a uh, pavement car. And, um, you know, he, me and him parted ways. And in uh, the later part of 2016, I think it was, he ran a couple of years for me and and uh, I decided to, to venture off into the dirt world, something I always wanted to do. It was a challenge, you know, for me because I'd never done it. And it, it definitely is, it's a whole different animal, you know, than the sprint car or the pavement world. But, um, yeah, we um, started dabbling in the, in the dirt world. And there wasn't very many guys that knew who I was. And uh, it was kind of difficult to find a driver. <laughs> And, um, I had a couple guys come on board and since I've been in sprint cars, I've actually had 11 different drivers and, and all drivers were, you know, they were good guys. Steve, you talk about moving in to the dirt. Obviously there isn't a whole lot that's the same, um, between pavement sprint cars and dirt sprint cars. Um, what was your, what was, what, what kind of, I guess, got, uh, got into your mind to say, I want to try the dirt. Was it more than competition? I think is is what I would like to know. Was it more than just I want to race against more competition? Yeah, it was. It was a challenge. It's something I'd never done, and it's it just I've always I've been to a lot of dirt races. You know, even when I was running the pavement stuff, I'd went to a lot of dirt races, and you know, I just I watched it, and it was like, man, I really would like to try this, but I didn't really, to be honest with you, I didn't really care to drive. I just wanted to do it as an owner, and. Um, Cause I was, you know, I own a business and, 
you know, I, I had at that time, I had a couple kids in college and, you know, at the end of the day, I ain't going to lie to you. I didn't want to get hurt and sure. you know, mess up that situation there. So I just put a driver in the car and, but the, the, the whole dirt thing was, it, it was something that I wanted to try and, you know, I've been doing it for quite a while and we've had good success at it, but I will tell you, it's, it's a challenge. I, my personal, you know, uh, feeling is that it's pavement to me was easier to get a car fast than dirt is because pavement don't change as much as quickly as dirt does. So it definitely, uh, raised the bar on, you know, what you needed to do to, to make a car fast and consistent all night long. Past three or four years, Steve, um, you guys won a lot of races in that 71 H machine. Um, Mm -hmm. You got a championship this year. You just—it it just tells me that um, you guys have a lot of smarts in that race shop. If I can't put it any better than that. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna tell you I'm smarter than anybody else. I will tell you that I have two guys that help me, you know, and they are very devoted. Um, Zach Keeler and, and Ty Hunlocker—they're—they're they're two guys that just—they—they they love racing. And the nice thing about it is they only live a couple miles for me from me. So it's not, it's easier to travel over and, and, you know, work on cars. They, we, we spend a lot of time in the shop and we try to do everything we possibly can to prevent any kind of failure on the, on the racetrack. And I think it paid off real well this, this year, especially we, we decided, uh, you know, we talked to Ryan and we decided we were going to try to run for a championship. Ryan had never had one before. And, you know, we thought it'd be kind of cool to do it under, you know, my team. And, and we, we set our mind to it and we, we pulled it off. Um, you know, it was, Ryan did a fantastic job and, uh, you know, my hat's off to him for winning his first championship. Talk about the decision three or four years ago when you decided to put Ryan in that machine, um, was, you know, Ryan had never won a championship before until this year. Um, was that your goal at the beginning or was it just to travel and win as many races as possible? Well, I'm a, I'm a guy that, you know, I've, I've won, you know, some championships when I drove and I actually, um, I actually took care of, a of, a non wing pavement car for a guy and um we went after a championship up at spartan speedway and we actually won that um as me as a i guess you'd want to call it a crew chief at that time um i'm i'm not one of these guys that's big into championships i i mean i'm not to win a points championship i think it's cool don't get me wrong and it it, it takes a lot of a lot of um time and dedication to do it um especially you know, under the, uh, doing it on dirt because dirt races, you're racing every weekend where the pavement stuff, you know, you might race two or three weeks in a row and it would only be a one night show. So you're only racing, you know, a couple races, you know, over, over a two week period where dirt, you might race four. (laughs) Um, So the pavement, you had a lot of downtime and you didn't run as many shows. So it was, I don't want to, I don't want to say it was easier. It was just, it was easier on us to, to try to prepare to win one. Dirt's different. Dirt, I mean, you're, you're going all the time. I mean, you're, you're, you're running, you know, one, two nights a week. And, and even when your sanction that you're not running with is not running, uh, to your point, right. There's other opportunities to race. Whereas the pavement sprint car world, if your sanction's not running, you probably don't have an opportunity to go to some local short track just to race because you want to race. 100%. That was another reason why, you know, I kind of ventured down the dirt, dirt into the dirt world is because, you know, dirt, you can go run any anywhere on a Friday and Saturday night, somewhere. Somewhere is running either a 360 or a 410, and I have both. So, you know, you always had an option, and the pavement, is it just doesn't. And it kind of, I don't know, it was, it was just, you know, it's really hard to, to nail it down, but the whole dirt thing is just, it is crazy on, 
how many fans and cars, you know, run dirt. I'm talking modifieds, late models, sprint cars. It's just, it's a totally different world over the asphalt stuff. So I want to kind of piggyback off of Rich's question a little bit and elaborate on something that you mentioned. When you make this decision to go dirt track racing as an owner, nobody really knows who Steve Smith is. Um, more so, they might know Jim Coffee Plumbing, Jim Coffee and Sons Plumbing and Heating because I have seen that logo at racetracks. Um, yep. But Steve Smith, man, who's this guy? You pick up a shoe, you put him in the car, and then, as Rich says, you find Ryan Rule a couple of years later. Uh, but you had a couple of drivers in and out of your seats for that first uh, year, year and a half or so. Brad Lamberson, the likes of them. Um, and uh, you ended up finding some talent along the way. Yeah. You know, it's. Um, I, I was actually in search of someone that was, you know, a good driver. And, and um, you know, I'm not going to say to anybody I didn't have in my car, I didn't have the capability to win because I won a lot a lot of different drivers in my cars, but I was looking for someone that was, you know, really wanted to get after it with me. And, and I actually, when I, Ryan, it kind of drove for me, filled in for me a couple nights and, you know, and I talked to him about running the following year. Um, and he said, yeah. And I was a little shocked because it's, you know, and I didn't think Ryan would do it <laughs> at right. first. I, I kind of didn't. And, and he said, yeah, let's do this, you know? And, and uh, so we we went after it. You know, we've had a good four year run together. Um, you know, we we won. I think he I think he mentioned it uh, here a while back. It was seventeen shows total that you know we had won over the last four years, and we had you know I I'd have to look all this up, but we've had a lot of top two finishes. You know, top fives. Um, great success. I mean, or the last four years have been. You know, for me being a, I, I'm on a, I consider myself a small time, you know, team, you know, we've, we've had a lot of success and, um, you know, Ryan is, he's a top notch driver. That's for sure. He really is. Got a lot of talent. Steve, when you, and, and I think I'm going to piggyback on what you just said, 17 race wins in the last three or four years. Uh, and that is against the competition that you are showing up and racing against every night. Um, I think that says even more, don't you? Oh yeah. I mean, you take a guy like me that's hasn't been in dirt very long and, and I kinda kinda had to I mean I, I know how to set a race car out, but dirt and pavement obviously is a lot different than one another. And you know, when I when I first started getting into it I, I started buying a lot of things from from uh Kistler racing products and got to know Brian Kemenal really well and and Brian you know, I don't know. I guess he took a liking to me because <laughs> he started helping me out. That's and, not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he really, he really brought me to a whole nother level, um, in the do's and don'ts of, of how to make a dirt car, go, a dirt sprint car go fast. And, you know, he was someone that I could always bounce things off from and, and, um, and he always helped me out. And he, I will tell you, he played a big part and still does play a big part. in in a lot of the, success that we have i gotta tell you when you when you break this down realistically in the dirt realm right so you spent what was it 2015 you kind of mix and matched you kind of ran a little pavement ran a little dirt 2016 you go full-time dirt sprint car racing for the most part 2017 you're really in it now we're starting to realize who smith motorsports is 2018 we're expecting you to win 2019 we're expecting you to compete for championships and now in 2021 you get it done realistically that's a short time frame when you're talking about guys like greg dahlman who've been in this for 22 years and uh, you know he's still searching for a, a super sprint series title you know you got dustin daggett's out there phil gressman's all those guys you're great drivers. You're t- all of them are great drivers and you know i had i actually uh, um dustin daggett and me did team up <laughs> and uh we went down to eldora a few years ago through his 360 in my car and went down and and ran and uh you know we had a third we had a third place finish and that was that was probably a huge highlight of my, that was before ryan that was before ryan started driving for me but you know he um you're talking about a guy right there that i i'm real good friends with dustin daggett and he's he's a uh he is a top-notch guy i mean that's all i can say he, he's a wheel man so with this in mind you you have only had a few years to experiment and, you know, you, you found a driver in Ryan Rule, as you mentioned, and uh, just to confirm, 17 career feature wins with you two paired together. 
and now uh, you cult- you cultivate that with uh, with a Great Lakes Super Sprint Series championship. And then uh, let's bu- let's burst the bubble. Let's get to the elephant in the room. A couple of weeks ago, it's announced that Ryan Rule will no longer be with Smith Motorsports in 2022, and that's pretty much all we got. So I think the obvious question that everybody wants to know is, what happened? <laughs> Why are we moving well, on? I'll be honest with you. You know, I, uh, absolutely nothing happened. There, there's I. I had been thinking about going another direction toward the end of of 2021 um and to set the record straight before i I go any further ryan is is a top-notch guy he's a great person one heck of a sprint car driver um and i just decided that i wanted to go another direction for 2022 there's there's i have no you know, I'm not upset with Ryan. I didn't uh, decide to go another direction because I was mad at him or anything like that. It was more of a personal thing, um, and and I I took a it took some time to to uh, make this decision, and I decided I wanted to break it to him sooner than later because I knew that you know he would want to try to move. I I, I didn't want to make it a last minute thing, you know, and that's why I. I did it so early in the end of the season here, and um, but there's nothing, nothing between me and them. It was just a, it was all me, and I just wanted to go another direction. You know, Steve. I mean, we want, we had a post up today, and 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 that's this is what all the fans that re, that reacted, and are, we probably have hundreds listening tonight that want to know. But uh, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna speak from the fan side. Why do it has to be more when you take someone who's won that many races and just comes off a championship. Uh, and in my opinion, the class act that Ryan rule is um, that, the, that this happens, you know, so close to the end of the season. Yeah. Ryan is a class act. And, you know, like I told you before, I had 11 different drivers in my car, including him over the last years. Uh, it's not that I'm not loyal to somebody. I am. Absolutely. But I, I mean, we, me and him had a, we had four year run together and it's been, a, it was a great, great four years um we had a lot of success but at the end of the day you know there's a lot of teams that that um change drivers um a lot of them do it yearly um i i don't know i there's like i said there's nothing you know nothing against him or anything like that and i you know i knew i was going to take a lot of uh i don't even know a word to use from the fans but i'm, I'm sure that it's this is the, you know, <laughs> this is this after this uh, interview. This will definitely, probably, uh, my phone will probably go off. <laughs> <a lot>, but... <laughs> well, I, I think the other um, thing too is that folks need to consider Steve when you do that, whether it's back in his own stuff or in somebody else's. You've just set yourself up now to have to compete against Ryan Rule on a regular basis now, which I, I don't think a lot of people consider that when you decide to let a driver go, he's now back on the market trying to beat your equipment. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you trust me, uh, everything you just said, I've already thought about. So I already know he's going to be a definite threat. He always will be, you know, I mean, whether he's in his own car, he's in someone else's, you know, he's, he's a good driver. He's, he's one of the best. And, you know, it was more of a, it was more of a decision on my own. Like I said, it's, it's, you know, I'm not mad at him. There's, there's at the end of the day, there's, there's not a problem or anything. I just wanted to go another direction. Steve, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you this question. Um, is it another driver thing? Is there another gentleman in the seat? Is it a money sponsor thing? Um, can you take us a little further into it? Yeah. Yeah. I, we, um, so I, uh, ended up talking to Ryan and letting him know I was going to go another direction. And, I don't know. It was a few days later, you know, I, uh, me and Max Stanball, you know, had started talking a little bit and, and we had, uh, some, some lengthy conversations and I'd heard that he was getting ready to possibly leave the five car and whatnot. And we sat down and, and we had a conversation and he's going to be my primary driver for the 2022 season. Wow. And, and man, oh man, now the wheels are turning, right? Now everybody in Great Lakes Super Sprint Series land and in 410 Sprint Car land is looking at this going, holy smokes, uh, because if you're going to lose Ryan Rule, you put 
Mad Max Stambaugh. Those are the guys that were racing, for the fans who don't remember, those were the two that were head-to-head for the championship battle all season. If it wasn't one, it was the other going oh, to victory lane. And uh, here's the 100%. other thing, too. I think Max has driven for you before, right? Did you guys do a one-off Max. show at the end of last year? Yeah, we actually we actually went down to uh, Fremont and uh, ran in the, the two-day All-Star show down there. And uh, on night one, we meshed real well. Um, he, he actually, uh, we got the car in the, in the dash and he ended up winning the dash. And, and, uh, the, as far as the feature goes, we wound up seventh and, uh, that was one of the best finishes I've ever had in a, in a, uh, all-star show. And, uh, second night didn't go so well, but you know, you, 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 you don't, one night you do great the next night you're out in left field i mean you've seen that many happen many times with other teams where they'll win one night and the next night they're just they're out to lunch but we kind of had a we kind of had a tough time on the second night but yeah no me and max ran well well together um we we talked about this to uh move into the 2022 season and i decided uh to go that direction with him and i you know just uh set the record straight there'll he's going to be my primary driver and i do have a um a good friend of mine that will be coming up from ohio that'll join the team uh to run uh 360s we'll be running two 360s uh on some occasions uh the same night which the gentleman that's going to be uh filling in every now and then is going to be garrett green um he will be joining our team um and then we're putting a deal together right now where we're going to be running uh, the 360 Knoxville Nationals, and Zeb Wise will be in one of my 360 cars along with Max Tambo. Wow. You know, Steve, if I, I like to stir things up, I think Ryan Rule would look great with a five on his wing, don't you? <laughs> How about just make <laughs> you know, the trade Ryan, deal? That's All you got to do is make the trade, right? <laughs> there you go. Ryan is not going to have a problem finding a ride. He is, he's really good, and I'm – you know, he's, he's a great guy. And, you know, I hope at the end of the day, you know, me and him are still friends over all this because it's, it's nothing personal. It's more of a, of a, a business decision of mine, I guess is the easiest way to say it, you know? Well, and that's kind of why I said what I said earlier is you've, you know, you mentioned you have 11 drivers, but Ryan has been the primary for four years of what has been what about a six year career on dirt for you. Um, mm-hmm. I think you don't know what other fish taste like if you don't try a different area of the pond. And uh, so, you know, and I also wonder too, my brain is thinking about the resources. Now when you pool Smith motorsports resources with the max Stamball resources, um, I'm really thinking now as we move into this new era of Smith Motorsports, I don't know if it's possible, but it's, I mean, I'm starting to wonder, Steve, if this is going to be even more of a threat from that camp. I guess we'll have to wait and see. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't have an answer for you on that. (laughs) Well, Um, you've got to be excited, though, moving into this season. Again, uh, for those who don't know uh, Max's accolades, right? Rookie of the Year with the All-Star Circuit of Champions uh, is a pretty big one on top of all the other races that he has won. Uh, This guy is capable of doing a lot of things behind the wheel of a sprint car. There's no question about it. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Max is – he's a – he's him and Ryan and you know, you, there, there's a, there's a whole bunch of guys that, that are all contenders when you, you know, get them behind the wheel of a sprint car. The, the GLSS, you know, series is a, is a tough series. Uh, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good drivers. And for me and Ryan to, and my crew um, to go at it this year and, and pull off a championship, I mean, I, me and my guys give it 110%. You know, we had highs and lows this year and, you know, we junked out a couple of race cars this year and we, 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 uh, you know, we, we put our heads together and we figured out how to get things put back together. And, and, uh, we had a sponsor come on board this year, TC power sports, you know, Jerry, he's been, he's been a big part in the program and, um, you know, I mean, I, my, my hat's off to my wife and Michelle and, and my, my kids, you know, they, they, I got great support from them. You know, when, when I'm in a, when I'm in a funk, they, they get me out of it, you know, (laughs) 
Um, but uh, it's it's this year is is going to be something different, and you know we're not going to go after any points racing. We're going to go just to race to win. Um, we're building two brand new cars, got two brand new 360s on the way, and um, and we we still have uh, you know a 410 car. So we'll, we'll have we'll have plenty of race cars this year or for next year. Um, but to get back on this year, we had some highs and lows and, and, uh, we managed to pull through all that and, and, uh, keep things rolling. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day to win the GLSS championship, I mean, it was huge. I won't sit there and deny it. It was, uh, a, one of the biggest highlights of my life and, in, in, uh, dirt racing. And, you know, it was, great that we could do it with ryan and it be his first one like i said before it's uh it was a joy to do it with him he's, he's a great guy steve one thing i know zach and i are happy about um you know we, we're kind of in the middle we can't have any favorite drivers but we are pleased that you went with a friend of the program as well because ryan's been a great friend of our program mm-hmm. uh why he's been driving for you max has been a friend of the program as well so we expect the same access all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to have fun talking about this matchup for sure. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing it get started. So I guess uh, while while we're getting breaking news and information, do you guys know when you're going to get started? Any trips down south planned? Well, I these guys have been talking to me about going to Florida, but I, I, I don't think I'm going to make the Florida trip this year. Um, we're going to have a schedule put out here soon. We were just waiting for, you know, all these dates to get put together from these different series so we could figure out our 360 and 410, um, schedule, uh, with us going to go to the Knoxville 360 nationals this year, you know, that's some pretty big funding I got to put together for that. And with, with us taking two cars and two drivers, that's, you know, I don't have to tell you guys, you know, it's an expensive trip. So for sure. I'm uh, most likely not going to be doing a, a Florida trip in February, but, you know, as soon as Attica and Fremont open up, they always open up in the March, you know, for the end of March, 1st of April, we're, we're definitely going to be hitting those to, uh, you know, get things rolling, get back in the groove of things. But uh, we will have a schedule put out um, probably – hopefully sometime in the first of next month. How about Zeb Wise, a uh, great open-wheel ace that's uh, really, you know, starting to make a great name for himself. How excited are you to put him in one of your cars? Well, I'm very excited. I mean, he's he's a really good friend of our sponsors, and that's how all that come about. And, um, yeah, I, I, that's going to be a really, really exciting deal to go down there with him and Max and, and – um, you know, see what we can do. Um, I know Zeb's Zeb's got a really good, really good future ahead of him right now. You know, he's I think he's out in California right now running some midget stuff. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Steve, man, uh, this was. Well, I think, honestly, it was everything we were hoping to get tonight, and, and then some. I mean, I was going to be a little disappointed if we didn't find out who was going to pilot that car. So uh, I'm glad we were able to talk about that. Looking forward to seeing Mad Max Stambaugh behind the wheel, presumably, Steve, of the 71H machine. Yes, sir. That'll be it. The 71, and I'm going to, let me see here. I'm going to practice for my GLSS stuff. Uh, the TC Power Sports, uh, I don't know. I, I, maybe Max is going to bring some sponsorship. I don't know. I'm going to go safe and say TC Power Sports 71H. Is that fair for now? That is perfect. All right, very good. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait for the wrap to be released, and then we'll know more. Steve uh, Smith, good. Steve Smith, Smith Motorsports 71H Machine. Look for big things in 2022. Appreciate you joining us tonight, Steve. Thanks for having me, guys. appreciate it. Well, that may be a new record for longest featured interview on Horsepower Happenings, but my goodness, was it worth it. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited. I, I love Ryan Rule. I, he's a friend. Uh, we talk every night at the races. Max and I are friends. Um, I, I love this. This this really, I don't know that you can get better than Ryan Rule and Smith Motorsports, but this is going to be right there. I don't know. I, I'm dumbfounded. Uh, <laughs> Steve, Steve did a great job. I mean, how do you pick? Right. Um, you know, I mean, Ryan Rule, Max Stambaugh, come on. I mean, it's six of one half dozen of the other, be honest with you. Uh, and I like both the guys. I mean, they're both all-stars in my book. Uh, he had to make a decision, and, and he went with his heart on what he wanted to do. 
And sometimes that's what you have to do, Zach. And in case I didn't drive the point home, just for the fans, I don't think that Steve Smith and Smith Motorsports deserve any hate for the decision to uh, to make a driver change. Here's the thing. And I think I said it during his interview. You don't know what's out there unless you go and look. And, you know, Ryan is a is a great talent, and they won a lot of races together, but could they win more with Max Stambaugh, I think, is the mindset. Or could they win more with anybody else? And I think that's where Steve was coming from is, yep, okay, we won championships, we won races. Now let's – what else is out there? I want to see what else is out there, right? Well, just to pl- – I'll play the other side of the fence. If you're looking to win more – than what Ryan Rule did for you, that's going to be darn near dominating yeah. to, to be able to do that. And, you know, like I said to Steve, you know, the, they run against some pretty stiff competition every single week right. at every track that they show up at, whether it's a 410 or a 360. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, um, that's a tough, tough road to hoe if you're looking to win more than more than what Ryan did for you. And then how about being Smith Motorsports right here in Michigan? You uh, you use your connections, you call up Zeb Wise, and you say, hey, you want to go to Knoxville? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Do we have to go to Knoxville now to uh, help cover the Smith Motorsports journey? We'll have, we'll have to talk to talk to Steve some more as it gets closer and find out, right? And, and we may want to drop a line to the guy who pays the bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we could tell him after we're on the way, right? Right. Hey, by the way, uh, don't mind the credit card charge. But uh, Steve <laughs> uh, Smith Motorsports, good luck. Good luck to Ryan Rule, of course. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on him, see where he lands. And also, there's a lot of other silly season stuff going on right now in the sprint car world. So we're going to try to cover that the best we can here at Horsepower Happenings. One other thing of note. While we're talking sprint cars, we understand that there are plans in development for a racetrack in southern Michigan that runs sprint cars very, 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 very often. Now, we are not a show that likes to divulge rumors. We're a show that likes to... We would never do that. We're a show that likes to tell you facts. And the facts are that the facts have not become official yet. Is that... Can you follow that? (laughs) Yeah, this is... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is probably a facility probably that you may have ventured to a time or two in your life. Yeah, I've been there uh, several times. Matter of fact, I could probably step out my front door and scream and hear it bounce back off the front stretch wall. Anyhow, my point is look for another show coming up very soon featuring a southern Michigan 3-8 mile high banked oval uh, and um, some, some new people. (laughs) <laughs> that you know there you go put it all together we've can recently- we go out on a limb can we go out on a limb and say okay we'll, we'll tell you now we'll break this news right now it's not not mike blackmare it is not mike blackmare <laughs> okay okay mike all blackmare right. did not know but we did have the person on the show not very long oh. ago and if you go back to the show, you can listen to some of the shows and see, yes. and see if you can figure All it out. All the puzzle pieces are there. Now, we're not ones to just come right out and sell, tell you rumors, but we will tell you things are very close. In all honesty, it is not official, which is why we aren't talking about it. Um, it's very close, but we all know how real estate works. Something could fall through at any moment, and we'd hate to have to eat crow. So when it becomes official we're going to talk about it we're going to have it and we're going to discuss the potential new plans that'll be happening at a racetrack in Michigan in 2022 look for that to come very soon on an episode of horsepower happenings in the meantime and between time we check the upcoming calendar rich france what do we have going on anything uh outside of this saturday last i saw m40 was still running this saturday zach all right <laughs> i mean uh it, it it doesn't seem like it's going to be very warm but the the bad santa 250 uh, small car enduro gates open at 11 a.m. Racing at 2 p.m. Uh, at M40. You can ch- check out M40 uh, on Facebook for all updates for that event coming up this Saturday. The good news is uh, we understand sunshine is in the forecast, so you'll at least be able to try to sit in the sun while you freeze your buns off watching this enduro. And Zach, one more thing before we go, because that's all the upcoming we have in the area. Uh, how about we get Gary? Did you know out of the way? We oh we shoot, need, we need to give the answers this week yes. because Gary came on the show last week, gave us all the questions. So let's start. Let's give the answers to the four questions that Gary came on last week. With question number one, and this is 
this is appropriate. See, we've been talking sprint cars it, basically very all night appropriate. long. Who was the founder of Sod? And that is, of course, John Nida. And I knew that one. Yes, and I was that the first one you is that the first question Gary's presented that you knew all year? I would have been able to answer that one right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat. Okay. We'll give you one point for that one. Here we go. All right. Question number two. This is back in in the pavement days, way back in the day. So this is before you, Zach. Who founded Artgo Racing? And, Artgo Racing. And now I'll sit back down in my chair where I rightfully belong. <laughs> <laughs> and it it makes sense to me. I mean, I I didn't know that this is how it was, but Art Frigo, mm-hmm. okay, you can see the art and the go yeah. there, and and John McCarns, John McCarns, they they founded Art Go Racing. All right, how about this? There might be some people that know the an answer to this question, but yeah. we're looking for the correct three. So, name three Pink Panthers from Michigan. I think I would have been able to come up with Don Taylor. My dad was a big Don Taylor fan, and uh, he always talked about the Pink Panther. He ran that car out at Butler Motor Speedway. <clears throat> Hint uh, for another segment we were talking about. And uh, so dad was a big fan of Don. But the rest and- of them, I was out. Okay, well, that that is correct. You got that one right. Uh, the other two are Eric Chant and Kevin Grizzle. All right. Yeah. So I, that, I, those are three Pink Panthers. You, if, you, if you've known any other one other than Pink Panthers, those are the three we were looking for. Um, okay, while we're on the nickname subject, Zach, uh, nicknames were really popular in the early super modified days for race cars and drivers. What was the honker? And who was the shy one? I was out on that one, 100%. How about you, Rich France? You're just reading the answers. Did you know this one? Uh, I did not know either one of these. Okay. But uh, so what was the honker? The honker was the number 85 driven by Gordon Johncock. And Dick Carter was the shy one. All right. Very good. Well, That wraps us up for this week. Those were some. I think those were some fun, fun ones from Gary this week. Yeah, I like the Pink Panther one, and of course, I like the Sod one because I knew the answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> any questions? Fun when Zach knows the answer. Exactly, right? exactly. Well, hey, I think that's going to do it. A little out of order, but uh, a great show nonetheless tonight. Look for a snowball preview on next week's show with Rich France before he hops on a bird to head down south. Hopefully, maybe, we'll get a chance to talk with you uh, about a new track owner by next week. We'll let you know, and uh, we'll have more details available on what's happening in and around motorsports here in Michigan. Same time, same place, next Monday night here on Horsepower Happenings. For Rich France, my co-host, for Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place, right here. It's Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.